You know, this week in our faith is considered Holy Week. This week that leads up to, if you will, the Super Bowl of our faith, which is Easter. I say this often, if Easter never would have happened, if Jesus never would have rose from the death, from the grave, our faith would have been meaningless. We would celebrate Christmas just as another Jewish boy had been born. But Easter changed it all for us. So Thursday is what's known in our faith as Monday Thursday. It's a reminder of that Last Supper. That night that Jesus called his 12 disciples, his 12 friends that he had been doing ministry for three years with, showing them the way of, the, of Christ. And in the Last Supper, I, I just always love reading that account in Scripture because I'm reminded that Jesus knows exactly who's going to betray him. And yet Judas, who will betray Jesus, was still invited to the Lord's table. Monday, Thursday, we're reminded of those moments where Jesus, some of the last words, when a meal that's very intimate in the ancient world, we're reminded of how we're to treat one another and love one another. Then, of course, you have Friday. We'll roll around, which is known in our faith as Good Friday. The moment we realize that Jesus went to the cross for you and for me. And he took the sins upon his shoulders. But today, we're reminded of our own brokenness. I want to take us to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus gets done in the upper room with his disciples, and he says, we got to go. Let's go pray. And he makes his way up from the upper room into the Garden of Gethsemane. What's interesting about this garden is it's full of olive trees. Gethsemane literally means the pressing of olives or the olive press. And this is where we're going to pick up the story according to Luke chapter 22. Jesus knows what lies ahead. It's the cross. The most horrific way to die in the ancient world. And we're going to see the brokenness that Jesus is literally going to wrestle with. He goes into the garden with the 12 disciples. He tells some to stay back. He takes three a little deeper into the garden and says, watch out, don't be tempted, don't fall into temptation. Sit there and pray with me. And we find it in Luke chapter 22, verse 41. It says, then he, Jesus, withdrew from them about a stone, stone's throw away. And look at his posture. Jesus knelt down. began to pray. He understands the brokenness and the pressing that's all around him in the middle of the garden that literally means the pressing of the olives. And here's his posture. He knows the cross lies ahead. And Jesus begins to pray. Father, if you're willing, Take this cup away from me. 
There's a lot of theological substance to what this cup is, is God's judgment and wrath, and he knows. I gotta, I gotta drink this. And here's his tension in the garden as he's wrestling, as he's pressing into his heavenly father. God, I want you to just take this cup away from me. Oh, I know what lies ahead, and I really, everything inside of me in my flesh, I may not want to do this, God. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And we know what Jesus' will is in the flesh right there. I don't want to go through that. But the only thing that matters right now I want your will to be done, God. Then Luke continues to record that an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened Jesus in the garden. Some of us this morning, you may have this posture right now. You understand the brokenness in your life. And this is your posture. God, not my will, but your will. I'm sick of my brokenness. I'm tired of it, but I can't do it anymore. Your will, your will be done. God will always meet you in your brokenness. It says as Jesus is still in this posture, it says being in anguish, he prayed more fervently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. Remember, he's in the garden, in this posture, pleading with the Lord, because he understands the brokenness of humanity. What's interesting is, in the garden of Gethsemane, the pressing of the olives, when they would go and press the olives to get the oil out, it literally looks like blood. And yet, here is Jesus in that garden, in such deep anguish, dripping sweat as blood falls down his face. See, Jesus understands in that moment what lies ahead. He understands the human brokenness of this world. Oh, Jesus clearly knows the cross is full redemption to humanity. But he also understands how broken we are. Let me ask you a question this morning. What do you hold on to in your brokenness? Because we all have it. And for Jesus in the garden, understanding the brokenness of humanity, oh God, you're all that I have. Not my will, but your will be done. We see humanity in their brokenness. Oh, they need freedom from this. Where do you turn to in your brokenness? Because the world will throw things at you. It will. What do you hold on to in your brokenness? The team's going to lead us into a song that I hope would you sit back and allow the team to minister to your heart. It's called, Though You Slay Me.
And Jesus knew, oh God, not my will, but your will be done. And that cross is going to hurt. But even in the pain, I will bless your name. And Jesus knew it in the garden. God, you're all I need. Not my will, but yours. We as a church, we're in a season of 14 days of prayer and fasting. We did this leading into Easter. Understanding that for some of us, the brokenness and the pain it's right there. And Jesus knew in my brokenness, I'm dropping to my knees and praying. There is power to prayer and fasting, especially in the midst of our brokenness. I'm going to invite our brother Chris to the stage. Because you know what Chris knows? Chris understands brokenness. Chris understands brokenness in relationships. Chris understands what it's like to have brokenness with a loved one. And he understands what it's like to be kind of ripped away from a son he deeply loves. So yeah, uh, the brokenness that uh, Sheila and I have been experiencing the last six, seven years is with our youngest son, Andrew. Um, He's addicted to methamphetamines. And, uh, you know, we're trying to, to figure out how do we show compassion to him, but at the same time, keep healthy boundaries. It's not gonna allow him to uh, enable him to uh, keep doing these unhealthy uh, behaviors. And it's tough. It's hard. Because every time we do, there's a, a violation of a boundary, and that's so the boundary's got to go out further. And there's mistrust, so the boundary's got to go out further. Um, it strains our relationship. It strains the relationship with my parents. So it's not just a son that has this problem. It, it goes throughout the whole family. So. This has been going on for, for, for years, and uh, I knew JB's story. And I just, I've always wanted to talk to JB because we, we'd seek godly counsel, and people are trying to be helpful. But as Pastor Josh read in the book, nobody really understands your situation except Jesus. Uh, but people are trying to be helpful and give us uh, uh, good counsel, but it didn't always line up with. Uh, keeping those healthy boundaries. 
Uh, so I wanted, I wanted to pick JB's brain, and uh, um, I, was, I was able to do that in November, but um, this, by, by setting these boundaries out further and further, it came to a head in October, in October of 2020. Uh, my son became very angry with me because he didn't like our boundaries. And uh, as a matter of fact, he was so angry with me that he went out and smashed the back of my my, my car with a golf club, and uh, he was arrested for it. Um, uh, but usually, I mean, he's been angry with me before, but usually it's a couple weeks or a month, maybe at the most, and I hear from him. Well, October, this was the beginning of October. October went by, November, through Thanksgiving, December, through Christmas, January, February, and I, and I haven't heard from him. Well, in, in November, I had the opportunity. We had a board and a staff meeting. We went up to Kalamazoo, and Sheila and I had the opportunity to eat with, have, have lunch with uh, JB and Lisa, and I got to talk to JB and kind of get some confirmation that you're doing the right thing, and that touched my heart. So I want to hold on to that for, for a while, but come, come February, he, out in the lobby here, he says, it was the, the last week in February, JB says, hey, how's your son doing? I said, I, I haven't heard from him. I said, I'm praying for him. JB says, you need to fast. And I knew the whole concept of fasting, but it just never struck me. This is a good thing to fast for. And so not only did JB say, hey, you need to fast, he said, I'll, I'll do it with you. So I was like, yeah, man, let, let's, let's do this. And it was going into uh, First Wednesday. He's like, when do you want to do it? And I was like, well, we got First Wednesday. Why don't we lead into it with, with worship, you know? And uh, they give me the opportunity to be anointed with oil and prayed over. He's like, all right, all right, no problem. So I called Pastor Brandon. And I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to fast over, over this. You know, I, I really want, want your prayer. He says, I got you. I'll pray for you. Not only did he pray for me, though, but he, he joined JB and I in the fasting. So I got to my life group on Monday night and I said, hey, I just, I just want you guys to know that we're going to be doing this and I really would ask that you pray for us. And they said, yeah, I got you. So first Wednesday comes and we're, we're doing the worship and Karen and Harry prayed for me and Harry anointed me with oil and, you know, and we just, I just went about my day and I, that was the beginning of it. And I, so the next day, which was Thursday, I started from 6 p.m. on Wednesday into 6 p.m. on Thursday. I wasn't going to take anything in, into my body. And so I'm going through the day on Thursday, and, you know, the hunger pains were going. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what this does. I have, I don't know why this moves you, Lord, but you say to do it, and I'm going to be obedient. And so I was doing that, and I was just crying out. And there was, there was one point in the, in the day it's getting later in the afternoon, and those hunger pains are really, really getting strong. And as I just remember, I was, I'm working from home, so I just slid my chair out, and I laid on my floor, and I just said, Lord, from father to father, hear me, move, do something. And so that, I mean, that was just kind of how my, my fast went. And I exited it later that night at uh, 6 p.m. 24 hours later, um, which is now Friday, probably a about exactly 24 hours later, I get a, a, my phone rings, and it's an 800 number. 
I never answer 800 numbers. They just, I automatically send them to voicemail. I mean, someone's trying to sell me car insurance. Uh, so, so I, but I didn't even think about it this time. I'm like, oh, 800 number. And I answered, and it was my son. After, after five months, he, he called me. And I'm, I talked to him, you know, and I get off the phone, and I'm just overwhelmed with the God of this universe reached out and said, I heard you. I'm working. And it's just awesome. And, you know, last night we had our first, uh, we had a Saturday, our second Saturday night service, and I told the story, and I, I got done, and I walked down there, and I sat down, and it wasn't a minute later, and I felt my phone vibrating in my pocket, and I picked it up, and it was my son again. So God's not done with us. He's not done. He, he's continuing to move. I can see him still moving. I mean, I, mean, I wish I could tell you that, uh, um, you know, just total 180s flip, but he's showing me that he's working in a life. And I, I just want to go back to the, the JB and the, the Pastor Brandon and my life group and Karen and Harry. This is what it means to carry each other's burdens and why community is so important. So I just hope this, this story, this isn't my story, this is God's story. I just get to to play it out with him. I get the honor of doing that. And I just hope that this is an encouragement to you to reach out to somebody if you, you have something that you need breakthrough and, and fast and pray over it as it works. It's powerful. Oh, and I did, I haven't said this. The enemy of your soul does not want you to do it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't because there's power in it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Can we just thank the Lord for breakthrough in Chris's life? That's why we're doing this season together of 14 days of prayer and fasting. Because we know there's brokenness. We know maybe for some of us, we, our language has got to be a little bit cleaned up. We say certain things around friends and maybe coworkers that we would never dare say here. Maybe for others of us, it's still that addiction. You know exactly what that thing, year after year, you struggle with. Maybe for others, you know the estranged relationship, the brokenness there, and you can relate a little bit to Chris's story. That there's brokenness with a spouse, a child, co-worker mom and dad your spending habits have just gotten the best of you it's brokenness that secret sin or two that you carry with you are just broken do you know why Pastor JB ever encouraged Chris too fast. Will you speak into that?
son because of what mom and dad decide to do. To sit there and say, what do I hold on to in my brokenness? We don't know where our son is. But the thing you guys held on to was Jesus. And there are things in our lives that we turn to in our brokenness. We numb it. You know why we numb it? Because we don't want to deal with it. We'll numb it with binging television. We'll numb it with alcohol. We'll numb it with drugs. You name it. We'll numb it. But Jesus knew brokenness in the garden. He says, God, I got you. And may our heart cry out in the midst of brokenness, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Jesus, I need to give you all of this. And the team's going to lead us into a song called All I Have is Christ. And you can sit if that's your posture. You can stand in the middle of this song and worship. The altar is open with our kneelers down here. If you just need to come and cry out to your brokenness and cry those three words, give me Jesus. This world will throw everything at us. But you and I, in the midst of our brokenness and pain, need to say, Jesus, you're all I have. All I have is Christ. Take the world away. Just give me Jesus. So whatever posture you want to take during this song, do so and let's cry out to Jesus. Jesus went to that cross with you on his mind. And what I love about Jesus is we don't need to clean this up before we come to him. That's his job. We just need to submit to him and say, God, I'm all yours. And I love what Luke records for us as Jesus is dying on the cross for you and for me. Luke says this, the curtain of the sanctuary was split down the middle. 
Now that may confuse some people, and you may hear those in some worship songs, but the idea was that the temple where God, where people worshiped God, that there was the place of holy of holies, that only the high priest could come in once a year to atone for the sins of the people. And there was a curtain, a giant curtain there that kept everyone away, and they thought that the, literally the presence of God dwelt there within the holies of holies. And the idea of Jesus on the cross when the temple of the sanctuary was split down the middle, what that meant is the curtain's no longer there, that the Spirit of God went everywhere and it's accessible to all. It's not just held here in the Holy of Holies anymore. And then he says, and then Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. And saying this, he breathed his last. And Jesus took his last breath so we can breathe our first. If we can breathe our first that we don't have to remain in a broken state. And Jesus will tell his disciples and those following, listen, the comforter's coming. The Holy Spirit, God's presence is coming. I don't need to be here anymore with you. And for Christians across this globe, perhaps, every Sunday we come in looking like this. And we're just looking for a little hope. And the Holy Spirit is represented as water all throughout Scripture. And it's like, you know what? Just, God, I come here just, just to take in a little. I'm just, just, let it get down there a little bit. Um, just, just get me so I can at least start feeling good after an hour. Help me just come a little juicy on the inside. Like, I don't want too much of you because I don't know what my coworkers and my friends and family are going to think about who I am now. Just enough so I can survive the next six days and then come back. But it's not the way how it works. You know what this is? This is lukewarm Christianity. And Jesus reminds the church, I want you hot or cold. I want you hot, which is medicinal healing to people, or cold, which is refreshing to them. You're lukewarm? Some of Jesus' hardest words I'll vomit you out of my mouth. I'm not looking for this. Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. Jesus took his last breath so you can take your first breath, and I'll be with you. I will fill you. And what I want to do in your life is not just get you a little juicy on the inside. No, I want all of you. And I, I'm, I'm going to just keep pouring myself on you. I, I'm not done. I'm not done. Yet yeah, you're half filled. I didn't come to give you a half life. I came that, like Jesus says, life in life abundant. I came so you can experience true life. So when you experience it, the junk on the inside, the brokenness can go away. That's why I've come. I've come to set you free and overflow.
and look what you're filled with now. Not the brokenness, but you're filled with his spirit. And you know what's awesome about this? The enemy of your soul is still going to want to destroy you. He'll want to tell you lies and get into you. But when you're filled with the Spirit, watch this. It stays on the surface. It can't go inside anymore because I'm marked by the Holy Spirit. It stays there. So I'm going to invite you to stand. And maybe again, for some of us, you need to just come down to the altar, whatever it is. But we're going to worship the Spirit of the living God. And allow the Spirit to fill you. Because Jesus came to give you life to the full, life abundantly.